All right, welcome everybody. Another episode of the Crushcast. Today we've got Carl Fisher. You know the intent of these discussions is to get people connected and equitable, to inspire each other, to share stories of how people have impact and how they're expanding. And I am super fired up to have a discussion with Carl Fisher because from my perspective, he does it all. He has a big life. He gets after it, loves adventure, and runs an amazing business. Carl, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're 20 months into COVID, and I know that you have done a lot. Can you explain a little bit what, how you have approached the COVID era? First, let's start off with your business, then we'll migrate to personal. Okay. So I guess business, I've already, I was already kind of working in the COVID environment because I moved to Colorado seven years ago. And prior to that, probably 10 years ago, I had already started doing WebEx meetings with my clients who were mainly pharmaceutical company executives, PhDs located fairly on the East Coast, but also they've moved to California and other areas of the country. So I was doing a lot of that. Um, so I just continued to do that after I moved out here seven years ago. Um, I would always go back East every three, four months. That's probably the only thing that really changed after COVID hit is I didn't go back and have face-to-face -face meetings every three to four months. I still did all my WebEx meetings, so on and so forth uh, once COVID hit. So in our firm, you were a really early adopter. I mean, you started off at Carbarth in Philadelphia. And was it an open question seven years ago? Like, were you going to be able to do this? Uh, yeah, there were definitely some questions on whether my clients would stay with me if I yeah. moved out here. Uh, you know, most of them have. You, you know, you always lose a couple. But then I, you know, made that up and picked more clients up out here in Colorado uh, it wasn't that easy of a transition, but, you know, things, a lot of things in life worth doing aren't that easy, uh, just like cycling and Ironman athlons and that type of thing. <laughs> so from a business perspective, it, you didn't have the monster speed adjustment that others did because you had already established a virtual practice seven years in advance. Yes, that's correct. Yep. And I also... Opened my my own office here in Boulder, Colorado, about four years ago. I'm in a building in an office with myself yeah. and an assistant. So I was actually still able to come into my office. I would just shut the door and and do my thing, you know. So it really didn't change much at all for me. I recall visiting the Denver branch at the time, and I saw a presentation that you did, and I know that you've updated it since then. Yep. And I was immediately a fan and you were drawing the parallels between an Ironman and how you approach that and how you approach your business. I wonder, let's move off to the personal side of it. And you're like an endurance adventure, go get it, expansive, huge <laughs> life. I mean, it's just inspiring to hear. So what's it been yes. like for you personally? I hear from so many advisors and so many people, they say they have Zoom fatigue. They say they feel isolated. Uh, it seems to me like you've gone after it like almost never before during this stretch. 
Uh, yeah, well, I guess starting, thankfully, right before COVID, Lori, my new wife and I, we bought a camper van. So we got lucky, got that January of 2000, then COVID hit March. So we had the ultimate social distancing vehicle uh, once COVID hit. And living in Colorado, it's also a great place um, to be during something like COVID because there's so much to do outside, uh, so many adventures you can go on. So since COVID hit, we've climbed 15 of the Colorado 14,000 foot peaks. Wow. So, and the goal, so, and so I'm up to 23, Lori's at like 26. So the goal is to do all of them after age 50. So we're getting close to halfway. There's about 54 or 58, depending upon what book you look at. Um, so yeah, we're, we're getting after it. Uh, That's something I know like zero about. How hard is it? Like how, what would you contrast or what would you compare that to in, in the world of endurance events? Well, one, you got to get used to the altitude because, yep. you know, I'm very fortunate living here in Boulder at about 5,500 feet. When I moved yep. out here, it took, it took a good uh, couple of months just to get used to that and to be able to bike up some of the hills here. Um, so if you're coming from one of the coasts, it's, it's going to be hard. <laughs> I don't know how you train for the altitude unless you get an altitude tent or something like that. Um, but, you know, we just, you know, we work out, I don't know, 10 to 20 hours a week, hiking, biking, swimming, lifting, yoga, whatever it is, you know. What's your favorite? Cycling is definitely right. my favorite. Uh, and we do all kinds of cycling. We have a tandem mountain bikes. I've done uh, the Leadville 100 mile mountain bike race twice, which is. I've heard that is insanely difficult. I, I thought it was harder than an Ironman. That's why I got that tattoo instead of the M dot tattoo. <laughs> what makes it what makes it harder? Well, it starts at 10,000 elevation and it's a mountain bike ride. So, you know, you're riding over rocks and, and you're doing about 10,000 feet of climbing. And if you're if you're good enough, if you get it done in 12 hours or less, you get the belt buckle, which is what everybody's after. So I, I was able to finish and get buckles both years, you know, little under 11 and a half hours the first year. Just imagine that long on a mountain bike. Yeah. Um, that's know, demanding. So. Is, it, is it tactical? So highly technical riding? That's, that's not, you know, they call it the road bikers mountain bike race. So it's not that okay. technical. There's other ones up there. They have a Silver Rush 50 that I did. That's more technical. So it's, it's definitely doable. You could do it, Jim. In, in all of these, what's your favorite? So what, what's your, that might've been the hardest, but of all the different events that you've done, I know you've done Ironman. So what's your favorite event? Well, um, I like the cycling tours and the backcountry skiing. So um, as far as the event, it would, it would just be a cycling event. You know, we did steamboat yeah. gravel bike ride. But we enjoy backcountry skiing. I did the the Hout route um, with Charles Dinklage. Um, okay. A couple of years ago, which is actually a backcountry ski from Chamonix to Zermatt, um, what? Switzerland. Yeah. So you 
you you you're human powered most of the time climbing the mountains in France and Switzerland, staying in huts, and it's just spectacular. Um, so that was awesome. Lori and I did, just came back from a cycling tour of Croatia. That was spectacular. What was your favorite um, place in Croatia? Well, we hit all the islands. So um, liked Havar, H-V-A-R. It's a, you know, it's a little party town, but we, you know, we just biked there. You know, ate, I ate more octopus than I've ever eaten in my life. It was pretty cool. We both just completed Ironman Chattanooga on Sunday. That's why Is I'm that very right? sore. Yes. <laughs> just this past the, Sunday. How many Ironman have you done? I've I've only done two. Lori's okay. done nineteen. But what? Um, <laughs> what was the highlight? Crossing that finish line was the highlight. I mean, it was a lot of suffering because we don't really run train anymore. We just do the hiking and the you know the fourteeners right. and and whatnot. So I mean, you just got to have the tenacity and it wasn't an easy course, a lot of hills and, and whatnot. You just, just, you just like in this business, you got to be determined to succeed. You well, just got to stay after moment, it. Was there a moment where you needed and then found inspiration? Um, I guess when it was a little darker, you, you know, there were, so everybody's so supportive on the course. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you start walking, one guy just came up and said, hey, let's just run to this next, you know, this next telephone pole or something like that. So, you know, that was that was it. The inspiration was just the fans. There was such a great deal of fan support out there. And they just really lift you up when you're out there for more than 12 hours. You know, I don't think you're ever more conscious of the immediate impact and energy transfer than you are in an event like that, where you're all by yourself and then you're coming up and all of a sudden there's a group of people and there's cheering and like you immediately feel it in your entire, and it stays with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. You get goosebumps, you know, definitely got goosebumps a couple of times, you know, during the race for sure. You know, it's well, great. Well, it's, it's fun to stretch yourself. Now I know that you have drawn parallels between your approach to Ironman and adventure, and also your practice. Can you draw some of those lines together? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, one is vision. You know, if you want to be an Ironman, you've got to have a vision of, of that. And just like our practice, you've got to have a vision of what kind of practice you want to have. You know, one of my early visions, talking more than 10 years ago, was... I had a goal of $100 million in fee-based assets under management. And I just, I think, I just hit that after 25 years in the business mm. recently, very recently. So I'm psyched that I hit that. Uh, Congratulations. You know, yeah, thank you. Definitely, definitely one of them. Um, others, you know, goals. I, I mean, I always set a lot of goals in this business how many, um, how many calls to make, PCs, uh, just, you know, what goals do I have with respect to the platform I want to set up, my referability, um, you know, well-being and teamwork and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think goal setting, whether it's an Ironman or this business, you definitely got, you got to do it. And, you know, more people that set goals are more likely to achieve them, as you know. That seems so basic, but the reality is 
if you have compelling goals that excite you, how can you find yourself in a rut? Like when people feel like they're in a rut, usually if you dig, there isn't a compelling goal, intermediate or long-term that they're getting after. Like, so, the, right. so, so the days start to blur together. And in listening to you, whether it's personal or professional, you set big measurable goals and then you get after them. So that was a 25 year practice achieving hundred million of assets under management. I mean, that is yep. a massive accomplishment. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited so to keep it going. That, well, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask you. So what's next? What, what is on your mind that excites you personally? And what's on your mind that excites you professionally? Well, personally, um, it's still being able to do this, all these activities at age 57. I want to stay after it as long as I can, just like Robbie Redwine, who you just had yep. on, you know, um, I already planned a trip to do the Dolomite cycling next year. That's going to be a pretty big challenge. So that, I mean, just having stuff like that on the calendar, on the horizon keeps me pretty excited. Um, professionally, my, my son is now licensed to get into the business. So uh -huh. I look forward to him getting more involved and, and that excites me getting him, you know, involved with our company, involved with my practice and trying to help him launch a successful career in this business as well. That's gotta make you feel absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think he's got what it takes. Um, so it'll be fun. Just yeah, that, it'll be, definitely it'll fun be to have the, the young blood in the practice, you know, keep it going. And, you'll both, uh, you'll you both know. teach each other something. That'll be fun. That'll be special. Yep. Let's say, yep. Carl, somebody's listening to this and they're tired just listening to this. Like they're thinking about climbing <laughs> peaks. They're thinking about you did an Ironman two days ago. They're thinking about all this. And frankly, they are in a little bit of a rut. What would you suggest? What that could they do today? What could they do tomorrow that would last? Whether it's a mind shift, what would you suggest? I, I'd say body shift. Just start move. You know, start moving your body. You know, start walking or biking. You know, the, if you're biking, I think cyclists in this world we see more of this war beautiful world than most other people you know, just getting out on a bike and riding it. And since COVID started, it's hard to find a bike. Everybody wants a bike. That's so true. get out on a bike. Um, I do a lot of stuff to try to stay young um, and healthy and fight off aging. I do. I, I actually bought a ice bath. I know yeah. one of your podcasts, uh, Anthony was jumping in the cold ocean. Yeah. I bought what's called a Morozco Forge that it keeps the water at 34 degrees, produces its oh. own ice. I get in it for three minutes every day. Um, so, so is it, is it just that'll, that'll wake you up? Do you that'll just jump right in now? Or did you I, start you off know, easing your way in? Or is it just a I, uh, I just pretty much just get in. I mean, it took a little while, but I try to warm my body up, do, you know, doing some, some kind of exercises or something and then, uh, and then get in there. So I love what you're suggesting. So much of the time, it's mind shift. And I do believe in mind shift. But body shift, get your body moving. If your body moves, yeah. your mind will follow. Carl, this has been an awesome discussion. I cannot wait for our next discussion because I know you'll have another adventure. 
inspiring for everybody. Carl Fisher, thank you.